Welcome to the Get All Set Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And today we're here with James, owner of The Guitar Store, which is, uh, at least used to be, my friendly neighborhood store. Welcome. Yes. Well, welcome. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. This has been uh, a while in the works. It it it's a completely different world than when we first talked about it. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about it like maybe back in April, March, well, April, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we we could say it's a different world than if we had talked about it, and we just talked about it last week at this point. So oh, that's the truth. Yeah. It's like I just would like the year to. Actually, I just want it over with. Like, I'd rather it be, like, ripping off a Band-Aid than what it has been. But... We have to have hope that 21 is is uh, going to be a good year. Yeah. I'm definitely just... holding on to that. Doing my best. Yeah. The only yeah. things have been a little haywire since Lemmy died. It all went downhill. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Oof, duh. <laughs> He was warning us. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce. <laughs> when, when that, which cannot be killed is suddenly found, uh, no longer. Yeah. Maybe hmm. we should have been a little more worried than we were. Yeah. With that logic, that means Keith Richards is going to go in January. Okay. You know what, Andrew, last time you said <laughs> something like that, it was something about how we need a new plague and then COVID happened. And yeah, so I did get, make a plague joke in January, didn't I? You, so you don't get to make jokes <laughs> about that destruction anymore because I'm I, I I fear your collective power. Well, I I am a man of God, so I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, so James, uh, so I met James uh, fortuitously uh, within the first like week I moved to Seattle. Um, it's a funny little story. I. So I was working at Guitar Center down in Pasadena, down Los Angeles, and I transferred up to the Seattle area because I was moving. So I was uh, working at the downtown location that is no longer, rest in peace. But no at the, uh, it was literally my first day on the job, and I'm like, all right, I'm kind of familiar with how GC works. It's just trying to figure out the different idiosyncrasies of the store. And uh, And this guy walks in. Like super gregarious, super friendly. He knows uh, the the manager at the time, Joey. He knows Bender, who's one of the other sales reps that I just met. And he's rolling in a ton of Supro amps. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? This is not what I thought my first day at GC was going to be like. Uh, and that, that man was James. Got to meet him and really fond memory. And I don't think I've actually run into you since then. But that really stands out in my memory is like, hey, that was James. Well, it, it was a weird, it was a weird deal. I, I was wholesaling a pallet of amplifiers to the, the evil empire. Uh, and we both thought we were getting over on each other. So it was, it was really one of those, one of those strange times of why not be gregarious and why not be weird. And, and, uh, and, and somehow I actually hired Patrick that oh, did day. You? Who, yeah, yeah, that was the day that I hired Patrick. So oh, wow. it, it even got stranger. One of the, one of the <laughs> one of the guys that was working at that guitar center with you at that time. And yeah, that was uh and I used to manage that guitar center back in the 90s, so we we can roll it back and it, it's a it was just a, a a fun place to be uh, facetious at. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't realize you you managed it back in the nineties. Crazy. Yeah, I guess actually early two thousand two thousand was when I was at that store. So. All right. Well, that, that guitar center is no more. They moved up to like two blocks north of the Trading Musician, which just seems like the rudest thing in the world. Although, you know, the, if you look at the history, and, and, and first we got to look at now brick and mortar retail is a completely passe event. Uh, but if you look at the history of brick and mortar retail in, in MI, a lot of stores have done really well being right next to guitar centers. Yeah, I, I, I say that, but when I went to the trading musician right after the guitar center opened, uh, they said that it wasn't hurting their business at all because it's like if guitar center didn't have something, then they'd go down to trading musician and sort of vice versa. And they're very there's such different stores. Yeah. Like yeah. Like if you want something that's used and weird, the trading musician's your place. Also if you want a tech. If you want to do tech work, I'd probably recommend them over um, some other places. But yeah, yeah, they, it, it, and they can they can afford to pay more for used gear than GC or or have maybe a different value or or see the use in used gear more than than Guitar Center can. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Guitar That's, Center is a is a bad habit of really undervaluing stuff because they that they don't know very well, especially boutique stuff. They're like, well, there's only a handful of these out, and I'm seeing listings for 400 on Reverb, but yeah, we'll we'll give you 90 dollars for that Chase Bliss pedal. Well, that's right. a that's a, that's a true story from Andrew. That is a true story. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's uh, you know that they they have a hard time bringing people in and filling. The positions and and one of the things that happens when you have a large company is that really so much of the time is is spent just training someone how to work in that company. What is what is the language that we speak here? How do we do transfers? How do we do a sale? What is the protocol? Who's in what level of hierarchy? And if so much time is being spent on that, and the the huge amount of products they sell just in in their lines. It's really hard for people to be nerds and stay on top of the other the other stuff that's out there, and maybe by smaller companies that can't afford to deal with a, with a large corporation like that. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely I, I agree with that assessment, and I agree that boutique has a really hard time in that big box uh, brick and mortar store the way that Guitar Center runs it. At the same time, uh, CME and Sweetwater have done a much better job with that, and I'd be really curious what specifically allows them to handle the uh the nuance of working with the boutique world but we're we're getting we're getting into the sticks here uh why don't we uh start with what we're drinking and then we'll move on to uh what's new (laughs) i mean coffee (laughs) it's 9 39 in the morning on a sunday morning and uh i'm drinking coffee i think it's the i don't so my bandmates have uh two of them do a pickup box or delivery box every week from the market. Um, that's Pike place market uh, for those outside of Seattle listening. Um, and they always get like more coffee than they can use. So I think it's either called the market blend or the Seattle blend from one of the roasters down at, um, at the market. It's good. Especially good when you put an ice cube in it so you can drink it more, more quickly. 
What are you drinking, Andrew? I I am not drinking anything alcoholic, partially because it's uh, before 10 a.m. 9.40 on a Sunday. 9.40 on a Sunday. So that's part of the reason. Uh, the other part of the reason I'm not drinking alcohol is I can't for the next couple months. Doctor's orders. Uh, I had my sleep study done. I think I talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago, and I felt like a modular synth. I had like 30 patch leads attached to me at all different points on my body. Uh, came back and have some happy answers. Uh, and happy answers meaning I just know why I haven't been sleeping. The downside is part of uh, settling into the new routine is taking a teetotaler break and uh, adjusting to some new treatment options. So that's all of that said, I'm drinking Kirkland cold brew with chocolate milk in it. Ooh, chocolate milk's always a good choice for cold brew. I think it works really nicely, it's, and it's not overly sweet. I find when I get like a cold brew from somewhere else, it just it there's just way too much sugar in it to to cut the bite. Well, that's I think that's part of the brewing process. Sometimes cold brew is just a lot sweeter. Depends on the beans, but right, lots of factors. The beans. Yeah. What about you, James? What are you drinking? Well. I, I, we we kind of talked about this a little bit before we got on the air. I I was going to go across the street here to the coffee shop and grab a cup of coffee. And and as I was walking across the street, a dozen of the rudest people I've ever seen in my life just ran in front of me. And I think they they meant to knock me over, but they didn't. But they, I knew I know they were trying to assault me, and they got in my way, so I couldn't go get coffee and be here on time. Uh, I went back and I found a can of uh, yerba mate, enlightened mint flavor, and it's um, lukewarm, and it's almost gone. So, uh, so I guess it wasn't it, that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. I think it would be better if it was chilled. And uh, we, I, I kind of feel the effects. I'm a little, you know, not jittery, but I. I probably will move this squeaky chair out of my way in a little bit and just stand for the rest of this. So are you feeling enlightened? I, I, I wouldn't say enlightened, but I might be a little, I might wax a little spiritual today. All right. I can roll with that. That's Andrew's speed a little bit. So that's, I mean, not as spiritual as if, you had the yerba mate, and then you played the ayahuasca pedal from Chase Bliss, but still. That's that's uh, that's some special next level. Uh, I'd, I'd have to start a band with one of those names that means nothing. That sounds like they're going to be really loud and heavy, and is really just quiet and dark. Right. <laughs> I've yeah. always wanted to start a band called Absolute <laughs> Nightmare. That was like that. Because that sounds like a metal band, right? Yeah. It'd be, nah. sure. it'd be, it'd be AFN, uh, AFN for short. Like, I've, I've given a lot of thought to it. All right. It's, uh, I'm trying to picture. Does that have the issue of having words that actually make a phrase with each other? I, I, I was part of a discussion yesterday uh, about okay. this with how how to to have a real metal band you kind of have to have two words that don't really blend in with each other yes. example yeah. give yeah. me an example oh, you're you listen to metal and hardcore andrew sure but i want to hear his examples uh it could be something like urine gaffer yep <laughs> urine gaffer 
Yeah. Uh, and, and then the side project would have something to do with that. It would be, it would be, you know, lighting wall bender. Yes. Yeah, so right? those, those are like, like you roll the dice on top of a dictionary. Yeah, totally. It's a, it's one of those, you, you had the boggle game from, from the nineties and you, you shook it, but, but you just put nonsense word on the dice. And boom. <laughs> Sure, sure, yeah. sure. I could see, I could yeah. see where you're going with that. I don't disagree. Yeah, I thought you were going to say it has the problem of having the f word in it. <laughs> I just heard a kitten. That's I. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I think I'm the only one with access to these. Um, isn't that cute? But I, I was at, um, I was at the PR intern at Beggars Group when effed up. Uh, released an album or was like about to go into an album cycle. And uh, I, I forget exactly how they were handling that, but they were looking at the band um, Holy. And uh, I guess the PR firm for Holy, <laughs> um, they, they would call it Holy Frick and in emails. <laughs> Holy Frick. <laughs> Which just sounds like something that they would say in Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, it made it a much more indie band. Gosh! Yeah. <laughs> holy frick! Give me some of your holy frick, Napoleon. <laughs> Eat uh, your it's... dang quesadilla. <laughs> I just, I'm just picturing throwing things at a llama, but yeah. <laughs> what was the llama's name? Tina. Like, Tina. I was going to yeah. say, like Sharon or something. Tina. Yeah. No, I, that's a movie that, like, I was not on that wavelength. Like, I watched it a couple times, including once in theaters. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't, I just didn't, I don't think I like it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was, it was a weird one. I, I, I saw it at the Seattle Film Festival. And, you know, I, I, a friend of mine, Stan, had tickets for us. Hey, you want to go see this movie? It's about a guy who has like these boots and and big puffy hair. That and, sounds like a plot. That's a great. Plot. Yeah, like that. I don't that know. is it's, the plot. Yeah, it's eleven a.m. Sure, I'll 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 walk down and meet you. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely. Uh, it seems like a completely pointless movie, but it somehow taps into like what makes a movie a cult classic with the one liners and the the strange lovability of the characters and. That it is just a much better movie when you're not sober. But well, everyone I knew who was obsessed with it, like these were middle school and like early high school kids. They weren't they weren't getting drunk or high and watching Napoleon Dynamite. They just loved it more sincerely than that. Sure, sure, but middle school like dumb kid syndrome, I think definitely does not qualify as being sober either. Like there's a level of like <laughs> you hear what he said, guys. That kind of falls in the same category for me as like as an adult, like, oh yeah, I'm like, just finished off a whole whatever I might be imbibing and uh, laughing like that. I don't know. Maybe, rude? Might maybe be rude. getting maybe getting high regresses you to middle school. There we go. Now we're talking. When when was the first time that you got high? Ooh, personal question. That is mm. a personal question. Um, couple years ago, twenty nine for me, probably. Okay. 23 for me. So I was in middle school, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There were lots of kids in my middle school who got high. I was just very, very goal 
oriented in middle school and high school. Like I really very badly wanted to go to NYU. So I, I just studied a lot and played a lot of guitar. That was my middle school and high school. I was not fun. <laughs> well, real quick, let's uh, run around. Let's chat about what's new. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it's an, been an eventful week for me. So I, I have so much to share. But well, then let's start with you because I know that you, you're Yay. very excited about the that you finally got. Um, yeah. So let me start with my new gear day. Uh, new gear day was yesterday for me. I had a little bit of a trade going on and I walked out with a first run Pelican Noise Works 60 cycle hum 50 50 pedal, which Ooh. I'm really excited about. Orange. It is orange. Uh, therefore, it's a good pedal. That's, that's my criteria. Uh, but I've been wanting one of these for quite some time. The trade uh, was made available by someone. Uh, one of the owners who was giving theirs up, and I couldn't say no. So I did it, made it happen. Pretty excited about that. Nice. What'd you trade for it? Uh, that was part of your trade up, trade up series. It right? was. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for those of you who might not have been listening long enough, uh, about a year and a half ago, I started out with a Electro Harmonics Muff Overdrive, which is like a $20, $30 used tops uh, um, one knob overdrive. And it's I didn't like it at all, but. Um, so be it. And I started trading it, um, trading up and up and up to see how far I could get it without putting any cash into it. And finally, I got to a point where I now have two pedals and I had an Alter Ego V2 and a DoD FX67. And what I traded for was the Alter Ego V2. And for the first time in this whole process, I added some cash to the deal. So I did the Alter Ego V2 plus some cash. But if I sell the FX67, I get that cash back and I'm now breaking even starting with a muff od all the way up into this uh hard to find gem that's really cool that's that's weird and i can tell you my 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 takeaway from your trade-up story is is that i i've been in the guitar business for uh, since the early 90s and and a lot of that in a big pedal shop i don't know that i've ever seen the muff overdrive sell new so, so just that being out there in the world as a new pedal or as a used pedal is is an interesting anomaly to me. I paid $25 for it shipped to my front door from someone who decided they hated it and didn't want it. What did you think about the Muff Overdrive when you got it? I felt about the same way. I really didn't like it. Um, and I, I think it's only usable if you have a master volume for it or if you're willing to just to play at stage volumes. If, if I got it dialed in at the right, like there's with the one knob, there's really only one good sweet spot on it. And I just had a really hard time finding it when I did. It was inevitably way too loud for my setup. Why didn't you just turn down your master volume? I mean, that's how I got to that sweet spot. I just, it never worked quite right in my rig. And you know how church folks are about gain stages. We want that unity, unity gain all the way through like our, our 10 to 15 overdrives and distortions, but not <laughs> fuzz. True. Jesus doesn't like fuzz. So Sure. What about those swells? Does he like it for the swells? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got rid of it and I uh, have not looked back, have not missed that pedal once. Yeah. Good. That's the point. Yeah. It was funny. We actually did that at the guitar, the guitar, um, the Tacoma guitar show, guitar festival. Mm -hmm. And, um, I traded the, Gosh, what was that? I don't even know the, the company anymore. It was the Timber Overdrive. 
Do you remember that Andrew? That sounds familiar. I, I don't remember what it what exactly what it was. Though. I just remember it was like, oh, this is a small builder I've never really heard of. Cool. Yeah. Who did but, that? Uh, I don't remember. Now I'm going to have to look it up. But um, I traded that to the same person who you traded. Uh, you did the first trade for the the your, your yeah. $20 bill or whatever. I think I did five trades that day. Yeah, I just did and I just did one, but I traded that pedal I paid a hundred bucks for, even for some weird circuit vendor DS one thing that I then traded for uh, the uh, Infinite Jets. So, so James, for context, when I walked into the guitar show, I had that. Um, I think I had the Muff Overdrive when I went in, and I mm-hmm. walked out with a Made in Japan GE seven. You did fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so that, people, that was a good day. I think that like having a microphone on people and being like, it's part of a thing. Right. I think that helps. For sure. For sure. Uh, Other big thing on my radar that happened this week that went live, uh, Fox Cairo and Squatch Design Co., which is part of the Sinusoid Brands family. Uh, We've got a collab up in their store uh, for the Dunlop Mini DVP4. So if you want a topper for your DVP4, go check it out. Tell me what you think. And there's only a few of them in the shop left. So order one before they're gone. Nice. Very cool. So uh, Emily, what's new with you? I have uh, a lot of new things. Uh, This week I got the Keeley Caverns, the new uh, Bohemian Bunny uh, limited artwork. That one one looks so good. Yeah, I'm excited. I think I think I'm going to play it on. Um, I'm doing a little re- remote recording session uh, today. I- I'm probably going to try it today. But um, the the thing I'm kind of more excited about is I. Uh, so my friend, my drummer, he had bought. He wanted to learn guitar or play more guitar. So he had bought this this really kind of crappy all parts Telecaster thing. Um, on the gear swap and he's been trying to, to get rid of it. Cause he bought a, uh, J Mascus Squire jazz master that he liked a lot more. So I've been trying to help him unload it. And he messages me last, this past week. And he says, uh, someone wants to trade the, my guitar for with a little, plus a little cash for, um, this Epiphone ET 275, AKA a crest. It's like a Crestwood from the seventies. And, uh, so I said to him, if you trade that to him, I will buy it from you. So I traded 250 bucks in an SM 57 and I have uh, an Epiphone Crestwood kind of ET 275. I think they're, I get conflicting reports as to whether they're different guitars. They seem pretty similar if they're not the same thing. Yeah. You know, that, that could have been a different branding change, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the flattest fretboard radius I've ever played and has a really, really thin, thin neck also. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting feel. It's not for everybody, but I, I kind of dig it. I mean, I, I'm good with calling it whatever we want. I mean, it's not like Gibson's got a history of uh, really, really holding to the, the naming convention of, of that series of guitars. So. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's nice. I'm really, I haven't had, I guess it's been almost a year since I've had a, um, a Gibson or Epiphone branded guitar in my position. Oh, that's not true. Electric guitars. I've always, I'm going to have the Gibson Hummingbird till I die. 
Reasonable, reasonable. Yeah. So, James, anything new with you this week before we uh, jump into the main topic? Well, yeah, I, I actually I got one of the weirdest guitars that I've ever had in a trade this week, or yeah, at the end of middle of last week, I guess. Uh, I got a Washburn Forest Lee Junior B Bender acoustic. What? Okay, exactly. Like I so this guy came in the record shop and said, Hey, you know, there's this Yamaha I like, and, and, uh, what, what would you think about trading? I've got this, I've got this Washburn and I couldn't hear him. He's got a little Scottish accent and we've got masks on and, and it's a record shop. So music's really loud and you I mean, communication inside the record stores become a pain. But anyway, I was like, well, I'd have to see it. And, and, he, and I, I thought I heard him say as he was walking out there, you know, they're going to be bender. Ah, yeah. And he just kind of Scrooge McDucked and walked, walked out the door. And a little bit later, I thought, did he say be bender? And he walked in and I saw an acoustic case and I was like, okay, well, then it's not what I was thinking. And I opened it up and, and at the, uh, the strap pin up at the top of the guitar, there is a pulley. And it, it has a B-bender. And what a weird thing, right? Um, How? How do you it, even begin to do that on an acoustic? So inside, there's a there's a rail that goes through the inside of the guitar. Yeah. Comes up. And on the B-pin, there's a, there's a, it's, instead of being a pin that goes through, it's a, it's a little ratchet. And it gets twisted. The the string is wrapped in that ratchet and it twists uh-huh. up and goes up a half step. Um, and, or yeah, you can actually adjust it a little bit to go up, you know, what you'd like it to go up and, right. And yeah, it's, it, it's actually a really solid device. I went in, you know, this, it's not a thin piece of steel that the bar is. Everything's really well done and well-made. Uh, the guitar is, is rosewood with a, uh, nice piece of spruce on the top. And it sounds great, plays great. There's one of those uh, uh, Torch of Life inlays in it, which I don't really care. I don't, I'm not a huge inlay unless it says something like, you know, like someone's name on it that is not mine. Sure. Um, you know, it, and yeah, I I have no use for it whatsoever. And I, unless someone trades me something really weird for it, I will never get rid of that guitar. <laughs> I don't blame you. That, that sounds... <laughs> You got to hold yeah. on to the weird stuff. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's really the obsession is if, if it's strange and unuseful, I need to have it. <laughs> mm. No, I, I get that. Like most of my guitars at this point are so weird that I'm not really sure how easily I'd even be able to sell them if I wanted to. But I definitely don't want to. People ask all the time to buy my um, Squire Pawn Shop series offset. Uh mm-hmm. So it's like the, the the pink with the F hole and it's offset and it's got two humbuckers that look like jazz masters. And um, people ask constantly to, to buy that guitar for me. But then after I say, well, what do you want to pay for it? They, they stop responding. <laughs> like, All right. Like everything's for sale, truly. Like except for my tuna tone, everything I have like has a price. Like there's oh. a price where I would get rid of it for sure. If someone comes and offers you a life-changing amount for anything, there's that, sure. 
and and even some non-life changing amounts right but yeah 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 totally like okay you want my um you, you want you want you want to buy one of my weird guitars like yeah i mean there's sure how much how much how much how much money do you want it like Right, right, right. Quantify how much you want this weird, weird instrument I have. Well, well, thanks for sharing that story about that acoustic B bender. I might have to, I might have to make a drive out your direction at some point just to come check that out. That sounds super cool. Yeah, I, I, it will be up in the synthesizer room, and and I'll have to, you know, come out and we'll we'll go up when the shop's closed up in there in in my weird lair, and and uh, yeah, the, the trick would really be to to be playing some vintage synths along with that to just make it strange in a way that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Love it. All yeah. right. Let's, uh, let's jump into our sponsors real quick and then we'll, uh, we'll jump into the main topic. We got some good stuff today. I mean, Andrew, you're the one with the pedal from the sponsor. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's true. <laughs> that would, I was like, is Emily going to start? Like, you're, oh wait, you're I've got the pedal. It's Yeah, yeah. It. So I've got the pedal hooked up on my board. Um it's the uh where's my board? I can't even I've... see my board from here. Um It's the Blister and Peel the... by Spun yeah, Loud so... Effects. Thank you, thank you. My brain's still spinning. Uh Blister mm-hmm. and Peel by Spun Loud Effects. So I put that on my board last night along with uh the fifty fifty that I got. And so I swapped out the I had a Waller's Congra on there and the Mount Hood Fuzz. Uh, so I pulled those two off and swatched the other two on and I'm super blown away by how much range that has the, uh, the peel side of things, especially with the, the fat knob. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. That, that cleans up so nicely and gets like these really thick, like jazzy tones. Uh, I mean, jazzy tones. okay. Hmm. Like it, it rolls down like just, it's, it's not even a fuzz anymore. That's just an overdrive. Uh, yeah. or, a bo- or a boost. I mean, it got. It t- if you roll the fat knob all the way up and the gain knob down quite a bit, I mean, it's not even clipping. It's just now you're in preamp territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just really enjoyed it when I uh, diming it out. Uh, it's still a fuzz, but it doesn't like it doesn't respond how I imagine a fuzz would respond. It's got more of a distortion feel to it. But yeah. with a fuzz-like sound quality. So it's like this nice hybrid between the two. And, and not like in like a rat or like a big muff way where people are like, oh, it's a fuzz. No, it's a distortion. Like, make up your mind. Like, no, like this is still very clearly its own thing. And I'm, I was really enjoying the sounds I was getting out of it. Uh, I was stacking it with the, the 250 um, and uh, playing it with uh, my guitar I've got in drop C and just getting some <laughs> really gnarly low tones. It was awesome. So uh, anyways, it's orange. That's my criteria for what makes a pedal good. But moving past that fact, it's actually a really, really, really solid pedal, and you should go buy one. You should do a photo shoot with uh, the Spun Loud and your orange guitar. I I could do that, yeah. That means I have to take it off my pedal board. Are you trying to get me to take it off my pedal board? I told you once it goes on, it's never coming back. I told you that's rude. It is rude, but it's a nice pedal. I don't want to give it back. I mean, too bad. Fine. Well, I gave you the Congra. I know, I know. It's just fun to spin <laughs> up. It's just fun to spin up a little bit of drama because you and I don't disagree as much as we thought we would. I don't know about that. I disagree with that. 
<laughs> All righty. So, but uh, James, have you heard, have you heard of Spun Loud? Um, they're based out of uh, West Seattle. No, I haven't. Who who is it? It's a guy, a fellow named Dan, and uh, this is the V two of his of his. It's his only pedal. Actually, he he has two, um, but it's the only one I think that's really super duper in production right now. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's nice local. Always like those local builders like Recovery and Spun Loud yeah. and Sinusoid and Lawler even. Well, I have to uh, now. I have to find one and check it out. Yeah. So. Do yeah. it. Ooh, tell Dan we sent you. <laughs> I will. Well, maybe nice. Dan's listening and Dan could say, oh, I need to talk no. to James, too. I think he does listen. So, there you go. Hi, Dan. Yeah. Hi, Dan. Hi. Hi, Dan. Um, oh, that was weird, and I'm sure you regretted it as soon as you did it. I don't regret much. <laughs> but you do regret that? Is that where that's going? No. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, cool. Uh, so, um... so topics today. Topics today. So we brought James on the show. He uh, he is the owner of the guitar store, and that's been through a uh, some serious ups and downs with the world of COVID, and now some changes with the USPS. And we wanted to bring you on to have a a free form conversation about what your experience has been like as a business owner through these troublesome times, and just kind of talk and process through that and and then we'll transition the conversation into what you think things are going to look like moving forward and what are some of our takeaways um for other business owners and for consumers who deal with business owners as we're all moving forward uh in the world of hopefully soon to be post-covid but not for not as soon as we would like how does that sound it's gonna be a while yeah yeah, that's I, I think the first thing through everything that, that you just brought led into is we I I think for sanity's sake, I have to accept and, and I think everybody else does it. This is gonna be a while. We're gonna we're gonna live with with this disease, with this virus and the after effects and the side effects for quite a while as a society. And, sure, sure. And that that doesn't mean that everything has to be doomy and gloomy in India. It just means that we have to accept the fact that, that uh, we're, we're going to have to do some work. Sure. we got to adapt and overcome as yeah. best as we can. Yeah. And that's a bummer because I, you know, I just want to play video games and guitar and, and you know, um, lay around with my cats and do nothing <laughs> all day. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But... That doesn't happen, so, right? Yeah. So if I may, uh, if I may poke and prod a little bit, it uh, a little bit of the painful memory. Uh, the guitar store location in Seattle has shut down, and could you tell us a little bit more about the circumstances of that and kind of what our takeaways are uh, sure. looking back? Because that happened a few months ago. Um, it it did. It happened in it happened in March. Um, well, every everyone in the state of Washington, not everyone. Businesses that were selected as non-essential in the state of Washington were shut down uh, in the middle of March this year. I uh, actually a few days before that, we the, a couple a week before that, we had started to limit our operations. Uh, the shutdown was evident. It was it was something that we saw coming. Uh, we had when the local school districts started 
to close schools. We closed our, our in-store teaching program and we had put the door to a buzz in so we could limit the amount of people coming into the shop, requested that everybody wash their hands when they came into the store in one of the bathrooms that we had, and just tried to start limiting the amount of touches that people would have on instruments. At that point, we didn't know how long this lived on surfaces. There was, there was a lot of information that was unknown, and we took a fairly conservative approach early on, uh, early meaning a week before everything shut down. Uh, but in the middle of that week, we had a sewage backup from 83rd Street uh, in, the, in the city line uh, that backed up water into our bathroom in the teaching area and then seeped out onto our, our you know, through the teaching room into the sales floor. And we couldn't get anybody from the city to come in, uh, which effectively condemned us in a place where we had to have people wash their hands coming in. Uh, and then a few days later, the statewide mandate came to shut down the store, and that was an indefinite period. Uh, about a month into it, it became obvious this was going to be a long shutdown. And at the end of April, still not being able to get any resolve on getting the, the, the city to do anything about the sewage issue, uh, we decided to move out of the store. Uh, we were as our lawyer terms it, constructively evicted from the location. And I spent the month of May traveling back and forth from Port Townsend, where I live, taking a ferry over to Seattle, filling my van up, bringing stuff back over to Port Townsend. I have a record store out here and a storage warehouse uh, that was in the middle of being turned into a synthesizer museum and is now just a storage warehouse uh, and just moved all the product out to get it out of there. It, it was, you know, and, and yeah, unfortunately that, that really kind of drove home the idea that I, I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to look for another place in the Seattle area. I had been previously, uh, the building had been purchased and we knew that we only had a matter of time if that was nine months or three years in that spot uh, before the the demo was going to happen and the condo would start to go up. So I'd been looking for places in North Seattle to move the shop to. Uh, I, I've just, I decided after hauling everything out so quickly that I, I'm not going to, at least for the mid-length future, look for another location in Seattle again. Yeah. So... I mean that's fair. It's it's a it'd be a really odd time to start a brick and mortar thing in a new location. I, you know what what are what do you even do? We're out here. We're limited to how many people we can have in at a time. I still don't like the idea of people touching and handling the instruments, and then they can't just go back on the wall. And you know the question comes: How do you disinfect something with a nitrocellulose finish? You don't. Um, right. You, you, yeah. you let it sit for three days. So every time that I demo a guitar, it's now off the floor for three days. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm doing appointments and and trying to have people set up to appointments. That doesn't. I'm not completely strict on it. There was a kid that came in yesterday, and he he came over from Whidbey Island. Uh, you know, walked on the ferry and walked over here. And 
and he asked about an instrument and I said, well, you know, I've, I've got to do appointments. He's like, yeah, I knew I should have called. And, and what do you think? And he ended up buying a Les Paul and, and oh, all right. um, just, yeah, Hey, happy ending. He, he was actually, he walked out of here like, like kind of floating across the street. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> new guitar glow. Oh, yeah, that's... oh, he, he was. I think he was like the first serious instrument that he'd ever owned. So, Aww. um, you know, and and I, I, you know, we there, there, there's there's the map world, and then there's the what things get sold at world, and and he got it at the what it's been sold at world, and said, wow, that's cheaper than than you know, the behemoth stores, and uh, you know, uh, that's, that's less than online. It's like, well, yeah, you you walked in and we talked like human beings, and you were pretty <laughs> cool, right? So. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, that's where this is. And I, I expect we're going to see another shutdown again. Uh, seems like the state of Washington is creeping back up with infection rates. And, um, you know, we just heard yesterday that, you know, on this side of the water out of the peninsula, that, that the hospital in Bremerton had 30 infections that they, they tested positive. They came positive oh. back, back yesterday morning in the oh. hospital. That's not good. No, that's when, that's when you start to see the real issue. And when healthcare becomes unable to serve, that is the concern that, that everyone who seems to take this seriously has. It's like, I think and, I saw a tweet that said, uh, when things open back up, it's not because COVID is gone. It means there's a hospital bed available for you. Yeah, and and if the hospitals go out, then that's when we close things back up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so that yeah, that's a little more uh, reactionary than I would like, but well, that's that's it. And, and we're and and the good news is is that it sounds like we're rounding the corner of we're understanding and we have people who, who actually know what they're talking about that, that are understanding what options may be available for unrolling vaccines and, and treatment and lowering, lowering the, the bad effects of the infection when it hits. Um, yeah, I, and we have to have hope for that. Yeah. And we all want it to be gone. Uh, it, it, I don't believe that it's going to miraculously just disappear one day, but between hygiene and science, <laughs> it, yeah. it hopefully it we could. can figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I, I know that um, just even in general before, before COVID like Fender had put out studies showing that, you know, more people in general are buying guitars online than before. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think it's very hard for a lot of people to just go in and spend the amount of money or make the investment they would make on a guitar um, online completely. But I, what's kind of your perspective on that? Do you think that there will always be people who want to go in and actually feel the guitars in their hands? Cause I know a lot of, of women who are first time buyers, they just buy something online because they don't want to go into a store because they don't really either they know what that situation is going to be like, or they are, and they don't like that, or they have no idea what it's going to be like. And they're kind of afraid for the worst. Oh yeah. That that's, I mean, you, they, you just, you just hit a, a couple of different points there. Right. Um, I'll start with the first one that, that the buying online is only going to increase. And 
that's at all levels. That's from the beginner, uh, the cheapest guitar on Amazon, which don't buy that. Um, <laughs> the, frets, the, frets, the frets aren't spaced correctly, people. This is the truth. Yeah. If you, if you want to play that guitar a year from now, that is not the guitar you want to buy. You'll just find um, yourself throwing it off a bridge. Yeah. It, this, <laughs> this will be, uh, this, this experience will not be fun or enjoyable for you at all. Um, to the, the real high end collectible instrument. Yeah. I, I, I sell more Gibson, Paul Reed Smith and Fender custom shops online than I ever would in the store. Wow. That's uh, wild by far, by far. And, and you know, that was one, that was when I was in a major metropolitan area with a very well established, very well staffed store. Right. We Everybody knows knew who you guys were the moment they got into town. Yeah. And, uh, you know, part of that is I, I take I have I have a photo set that I like to use with every instrument, and there are fifteen pictures that I like to get up of the instrument. Uh, I like to have at least a short video that's out there if it's not just on social media, but actually on listings too. People who are in the market for those instruments know what they want. They they know what it's going to play like. They they're not just blindly buying something, mm-hmm. and they're willing to take that risk. The, the people that really should have the experience of an in-store are the ones buying the first instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, totally. There, there's something about it. Uh, someone comes into the store, say they don't, they don't know. They've never even held an instrument before. They never held a guitar before. Maybe they played clarinet in, in middle school or, there was a piano in the house growing up or, you know, my grandma had an acoustic guitar or, you know, but mm-hmm. we can, we can, we can learn an E chord and a G and, and maybe even, you know, if there's some type of advanced person, they, they can, they can switch those two while we're sitting there and learn just, they don't even know what it means that they, that they now have a chord there, but they, they, they've been showing something. Um, pick a few things up. And it's really weird about instruments is that I can tell you everything about why it, what it does and why it's made. But as soon as you hold something that is right, you have no alternative. That is that you belong to that guitar. Yeah. And, um, you know, well, why is this? I don't know because it fits your hands perfectly because it fits your body perfectly, uh, because you saw it on the wall and you were attracted to it. It inspires you. Yeah, it makes you want. Probably. I always say, buy the guitar. It's like when when you're buying. When I was buying a bicycle for commuting, um, I got the advice: don't buy the cheapest bicycle. Don't buy like the bicycle that makes the most sense to buy. Buy the bicycle that you also like the way it looks. That's going to inspire you to take it out and ride it. And it's the same yeah. for guitars, because otherwise it's just going to sit in the garage or sit in the wall or in a closet. Yeah, the the closet, the, the closet or under the bed. Anytime it goes back in the bag or case is the worst thing that happens for a beginning guitar player. Mm-hmm. That, but they that, get the advice also that it's the best place to keep your guitar for for safety reasons. But I don't, I don't take guitars out of the cases. No, they. Do you know how heavy they are inside the case? Like they're they're like they're like five hundred pounds or more. It's it's that's a five person <laughs> job to get that out of there. And if it's under yeah. a bed, that you need like three people to push it from behind to get it out. Totally. And you, and you love the way it looks. 
Oh, it's like when you, when you, when, when you, I've always, I also got the advice once that like if you see vintage equipment that is just like pristine, it's because no one ever played it. Oh, on, on vintage stuff, especially. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely resonate with that. I uh, had to keep my guitars cased mostly through college and looking back, I play now more than I ever did in college because now I've got my own place and I've got my guitars up on the wall sitting right next to me and I can just, I pick it up and I'll just play it for couple minutes before eating dinner whatever it may be but if they were in the case i just even as someone who's been playing for a few handful of years i'm not as likely to well let me go grab the case and go throw it on the couch and open it up and find somewhere to then put the case while i'm holding the guitar and it just it's it's a drag well it's like in the winter i keep my hummingbird in the case for humidity purposes and i play it a lot less in the winter yeah sure yeah that's uh... uh when they're on the wall, they're just also like kind of whispering your name, like um, that episode of the Twilight Zone with the with the uh, slot machine. No, nah, it's creepy now. I'm, yeah. I'm not sleeping again. <laughs> I've got sleep issues. Uh, a little, a little so. less haunting, but it's funny how a few minutes with a guitar turns into two hours. It, it's nice. It's a nice thing to, to do. It's it's meditation. So, mm, so James, you're saying how about online sales are only going to go up and. For beginners, that that's really where the the in person experience value is. Um, there's yeah, a couple and, other points Emily dropped that you're going to get to. Oh yeah, and 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 the one that has bothered me for so long, um, the inclusion aspect. Uh, guitar shops, being being so music music instrument stores. You have two different types, right? You have you have the the B and O store, which is band and orchestra, and you know, that's your that's your student instrument uh, type of you know school instrument type of store, and then you have the rock shop, which you know could be stores like mine or the neighborhood guitar store or you know a guitar center. Those have always been bro bro stores. Oh yeah, right. And and how you know traditionally it's it's. Let's look back in the '80s when just it was the like the worst of all cocaine fueled, uh, you know, rawk type of, of thing. To now, it, it's 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 had a hard time kicking that, uh, that 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 kind of sexist feel, yeah. and and that has you know. So I've in starting a store, I you know I. I I thought, yeah, how do, what do I even do? I, I, you know, I, I don't want to put a sign out that says, you know, Hey, let me target you. You are welcome. Uh, because that seems really disingenuous. If I want to just say, I, I want people to be welcome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so my whole goal has always been, if you walk into a guitar store, you know, my store, um, I want to treat you like a guitarist. And and the people that I've always been more wary of are the ones that aren't guitarists, right? Or or that don't that not that they're not guitarists, but moreover they're not interested in the guitar at all. Okay, now now you're I don't know why you're here, <laughs> but you know there's your safe there's your security aspect. Yeah. But the uh, you know how do you how do you take a traditionally sexist male environment and turn it into something that says you know you're a woman, you come in here and this is a spot that, that opens you up as a place, a, a tool shop for you to create out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 
and not be placating. You know, hey, look at the pink guitar we've got. Oh, I've I've been to those shops. Like, let's <laughs> oh, teenage girl, have you seen these guitars that are shaped like flowers? Yeah, it, I, oh, come on. Do you, do you think that? Do you think that maybe? Um, do you think that maybe? A, everyone's different. Yes. And and B, if we're selling creativity, we've got to let everybody create what they want. So I, I don't know. It's like you know, it's like when people come and go. I want a, I want a guitar to play metal on. Cool. What, what guitar are you looking for? <laughs> um, like, right you can you play, you, yeah you can play metal on a bc rich you can play metal on any guitar yeah it's, you know, it's like well you know i i don't really want a jazz bass because i'm not into playing jazz <laughs> um, right and, yeah, and so i mean it's in the name it's confusing yeah so it's it's been it's been an interesting thing i've, I've uh, you and i have a mutual friend in susan that, that palmer that who is um and when Susan was teaching at the shop, we talked about this and, and, and Susan was like, well, how about hiring, how about hiring more women? And it's like, Susan, I've, I've had, you know, in, at that point, I think I'd been open for six years. I, I've had three women apply for a job. Um, you know, one of them I hired, you know, one woman I hired, uh, one woman came in and wrote her resume on the spot in a crayon oh. and, and talked about, you know, abductions and and uh <laughs> you know she was she was not balanced uh right. and and the other woman just it it, it wasn't going to be work out right you know because yeah. just times would never work uh, how how can you hire more people if you have three people apply for the job um i mean there, and, there you could do active recruiting that's that's one thing that i think um a lot like it's it just takes a lot more time and energy and sometimes you actually have to pay somebody to find to do that active right. recruiting for you. And it, yeah, it is hard. I will always see that it's not easy. It's easier said than done when it comes to, to hiring more women. And like, I also want to see more women applying for these types of jobs just in general. Yeah. And that, that was, I mean, that's really, if, if you, you know, and, and I, I, and I, did, I will say I tried to steal a few students in too, um, you know, to, to get in. Right. Right. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's it's a it's a it's a thing. If you want to make a change, you got to put yourself out for the change too. So it's it's a two way street. Yeah. But um, it is a little weird, like as a, as a woman who like is applying for jobs, I do also look to see are there already any women working there, maybe um, because if there's not, that's always that like you that's a big risk that you're taking if you're like, well, am I going to be the first or the only or the second woman working there? Um, so like it, it, it does kind of sort of create a cycle that I think has, it takes a lot more work to actively break, um, that kind of cycle. And, and it's in a lot of industries. It's not just the musical instrument industry. And I'll say, I'm seeing a lot more women, uh, working and doing outreach on behalf of, uh, the brands that we work with as get offset, um, mm -hmm. like circle bears industry industries, uh, they make those really nice big spring reverb units mm -hmm. uh like their their uh us team has a woman on it and she's the one who reached out to me earthquaker does great jobs at that i know walrus has now more than one female employee and um it's i think something that's changing more now i think women are seeing themselves now more working 
at these companies and being hired by these companies or anything like that. So I think, I think that it's on the horizon, but it's, 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 we're, we're gaining on it. it it's, it's evolving. Um, I, you know, what, one of the, the things I've seen and, and um, you know, you'll take yourself as an example, uh, women influencers mm-hmm. are, 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 becoming more prevalent and changing the game and uh, and really taking control it, it, when, when you when you actually own your career uh, it it puts you in a place to to be more out front and that's as companies start working with more influencers with with diversity and and not just hiring the same white guy with with puffy metal hair yeah. um you know the you know the the, the same Aquanet uh, uh, metal influencer over and over again. It it that changes the landscape. Yeah, um, I've actually been yeah. getting at a couple brands lately because like their brands, some of their their few like people I've worked with before or I've demoed their products, and they did a launches and they didn't have a single woman launching mm-hmm. these pedals. I'm like. Hey, y'all know I'm not, I'm not the only one who does this. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to send you a list of other names of people that maybe you could include in these, but like, what do I have to do to get involved in more of your product launches? Like old blood noise. I, I do their product launches all the time and they're very mm-hmm. excited to work with me and I love their pedals and I've done them with Strymon and a couple others, but you know, I'm, I'm like, I know I'm still small potatoes, but it does kind of bum me out when I see like all of these, uh, like my peers in the demo space, um, like premiering a product together. And then I have to go and ask for it separately. And then I lose the, the jump on it a little bit. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I would like I, to be involved. So I just have to ask like, Hey, next time. It, it's a, that's the, the, that's a self-promotion a vicious self-promotion machine too, that, that influencing and, and yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I, I know a lot of people have management that are, you know, it's, a, it's now become such an industry, but I think that there's it, because it is something that's so uh, fan interactive that it, this, this can be a wide open spot for change. Yeah. And I, I look forward to seeing how I, so part of me hates the influencer game so much that you know, we've created, um, we created this strange world with social media that, that has become very vapid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other part of me is like, okay, there's some serious empowering abilities that can come out of, out of this. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I got tired of saying, where are the women in the demo channels? I'm like, Oh, I mean, I have some nice cameras. I'm yeah. good enough at guitar. Why? Why the hell am I not doing this? And uh, I just did it because you weren't. That's why. <laughs> I know. I just yeah. I did the thing. That's the thing. Like, how do you how do you start a demo channel? Well, you start a demo channel. Like, yeah. <laughs> you 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 don't even you don't even need more than an iPhone and like a Tysco interface. Like, you can do these things all like with a lot less gear or a lot less of a financial like investment than you think. Yeah. But if it's funny, I just watched your Tysco video uh, and it, and it made me want to, uh, I, I'm going to have, I, 
we're talking with them about some other brands they do. And, and that's, I, I need to have them send me a, a the Tysco interface for myself now because of watching your video. Oh, so. I know. It's like, I'm trying to get my mom to get one because she's picking a, like my mom is the reason I play guitar. Like she had a guitar um, and she's mm-hmm. getting back to it. So she's getting her first electric and she was asking about amps. And I just kind of want to be like, mm, this might be enough for you. Like you might be really happy with just this little interface pedal. Cause she doesn't want something that like is audible. Like, so maybe you don't want an amp. Maybe you just want an interface, but trying to explain to her like what an interface is a little difficult, but that's a cool, it's a cool little pedal. Like I would take that on vacation. Yeah. Oh God. And it's so powerful to, to, to be able to have that, to be able to have that way to connect to media. Yeah. And it doesn't sound bad. Like none of these plugins on GarageBand or Cakewalk sounded bad. Right. I didn't think like, yeah, like I wouldn't submit that as like the final, like, I'm recording a project today for for something that might be released commercially. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But (laughs) like, if I'm just like practicing or learning a song and don't want to get out, like plug in my entire pedal board, it's, it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty soon we're just going to plug things into our brains and nice. Then, then it will only be judged on the, uh, our, our ability to create. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, I know that the one the one other thing that we kind of want to talk about today, um, if we have enough time to really get into it, is uh, the postal service <laughs> and everything that's happening with that. At least that's, that's what Andrew had uh, communicated the, the, to me. The, the, the sub pop band? Ooh. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> Such great heights. Um, <laughs> so USPS has been through some interesting uh, political shenanigans last few weeks, couple months uh, has been really brought into the, to the public eye. And now everyone's starting to go, wait a minute, what? And something that I've been acutely aware of, uh, I mean, uh, Fox Cairo is such a small time business. Uh, it's not like it's severely impacting my, uh, my way of life right now, but I, I have been noticing uh, how USPS times have been increasingly getting, worse and worse and how that's been impacting my business. And I can only imagine from your perspective, doing a lot of shipping, what that's been like for you. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on that and kind of how you're navigating that as a business owner. It is interesting and scary. I, I don't want to play the victim role here as the business owner, but, but God, it seems like every level of our government from from the local, you know, the, the city and county to the state to the federal have have really decided that this year they're going to do things to make it hard for all of us to be in business. Um, you know, the, the thing that has saved my has saved my shop is that I've been able to really rely on shipping. Part of that was we use priority mail for pedals. We, we have an agreement that we've been working with the assumption that, that they're going to keep their word with the U S postal service for a price and a delivery time on pedals. Uh, and, and the fact they're going to get it to people's door. Uh, this is as far as I'm concerned, a, a national utility similar to the interstate highway system. And if, and this has been, this has been, 
changed and altered. And, uh, you know, if you listen to some, it's been sabotaged for political reasons, for for uh, delivery of ballots in the in the upcoming election. Uh, if you listen to others, it's because of uh, absolute incompetence. If you listen to some, it's because that system was broken and we need to change it now. Um, I, I, I think that I don't really care what it comes down to for that. I'm, I'm going to go for my selfish thing that, that if I don't, if I don't have the ability to make a living, I then have, then I don't have the ability to make good on my commitments to people. And there's nothing that I like worse than that. Uh, so we ship on an average day between 60 and a hundred petals out of the store. And primarily those go out, out via United States postal service. We have time commitments that we have offered. If, if it's sold through a third-party site, such as Reverb, where it says that it's a two-day shipment, or Amazon, which has that expectation also, uh, you know, the consumer has voted that they want these subsidized, government-subsidized delivery systems to work for them. Uh, you know, this, is, this has been a vote by, by purchasing influence. And... The, the funny thing is, even though people will tell you, oh, I bought this pedal on Reverb, you know, I bought this pedal on eBay, I bought this pedal at Amazon, or I bought this thing from Amazon, they, 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 they did that when everything went smooth and it got there. But if for some reason it doesn't get delivered in time, even though it got shipped in time, they're mad at the, the retailer they bought it from. So, right. Yeah, you know, selfish thing. I, I just want things to go smooth. I, I have been offered a commitment. I pay on time. I deliver things on time. I ship on time. Uh, I put in a lot of work to do that. And I, and I see that there's a strange sabotage, and it has been sabotaged. We've taken out sorting machines. We have, we have uh, uh, taken off hours from postal delivery clerks. Uh, you know, there had there has been a pretty obvious a, attempt to change the system when it wasn't actually broken quickly, and the, the guise of that is that that it wasn't making profit. Well, it's it, it was never set up to make profit. It, it was a public utility. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, so, you know, without getting too political, uh, the I I, I and I and I say that. I say that kind of as a joke because I'm about to go there. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen my I've seen my county government do things to throttle business, and and I'm out here in a in a small town where there's a lot of retirees who life for them has not changed much at all. I don't know what I don't know what people are complaining about. Uh, you know, I'm retired, uh, and they go around and they count masks inside of, of restaurants and and businesses and see how many people are inside of them and, and report people if, if the business is not uh, able to keep people in line because that's that's safely our job, I guess. Um, right. To the state level where we've, we've had, you know, we were shut down as being non-essential and yet you could still walk into Walmart and go to every every uh, area of the Walmart, including the record area, and buy records to compete with us. I just, you know, I, I so I saw that, and now I have the federal government and the administration um, who 
again, just did something that, that is against the American public and against American businesses. I mean, this is the same bozo who, who this week came out and, and told people to boycott Goodyear Tires, who is you know, one of the largest uh, employers in, in its region. In the United uh, States, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, and all of their it, competitors are in other countries. It's amazing. Get your cat sound ready. This is this is complete treason and sabotage. But um, anyway, I don't want to get too political there. I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm anyway. Uh, I mean, at a certain point, it's it's almost impossible to remain apolitical when it's down to no. This dude's coming after is making it the U.S. completely inhospitable for for business. I mean, that's, it, it, there's no way around that. At, at this point, we have to look at it as um, we have an enemy agent who has uh, who has taken over the the executive branch of our government. Cool. Um, well, that's none of that is cool. That's all very bad and upsetting. But uh, it's it's always interesting because people talk about these things sometimes as if they are like hypotheticals, right? As but it's like it's an abstract yeah. concept. Yeah, because uh, well, it doesn't this is just happening people. in Washington D.C. And people like don't understand that the actual um, issues right. involved and how people are affected. But uh, James, <laughs> we do want to be respectful of your time. We know you have some businesses to run, uh, a couple of them. Um, is there anything you want to say before uh, before we close it up? Like where people can find um, the guitar store now, or how people can uh, shop in person or online for your, for your businesses. We, we just hit a crescendo there with uh you know, boom, big, uh, uh, and then now we're going to go, okay, let's, let's talk. Back if you've got stuff. a few minutes, we could flesh oh, it yeah. out for oh. just a couple more minutes before closing out. Yeah. So, um, and, and I will say just quickly that with you know, on the, on the postal deal, we, we have definitely seen things showing up late to consumers. Uh, we're definitely, and, and I, and I'm a member of a number of groups with third, like, you know, an eBay sellers group and an Amazon sellers group and, and people are people in other industries in that group are noticing this often. And, and both reverb and eBay have gotten in touch with us and said, this is what we're looking at. Uh, we are monitoring the situation and we're trying to figure out publicly how we make this statement to try to, yeah. you know, do with consumers and, and, um, uh, yeah, it's hard with pay, when people, picture. and because when people pay with PayPal, if they don't get the thing in thirty days, even if it's on the way and provable on the way, sometimes PayPal just will refund the buyer's money, and the buyer gets both. Yep. Yeah, that's sure. And, and I've got a friend in another industry uh, who's a third-party Amazon seller who is saying that they've had they've just straight up lost money because the they've had several units show up late. And when something shows up late on Amazon and a seller complains, Amazon says, cool, we'll give you a full refund. You get to keep the product. And that's coming out of the seller's money, even though the seller shipped on time and did everything right. Right. Which is – I usually just get $5 back is all I ever get. Amazon will refund a seller – or will refund a buyer completely or they'll, they'll make a small payment, whatever they arbitrarily feel. Amazon is so weird to sell on. It just it, – it's it's funny when Reverb changed their prices went from three point five percent to five percent last month or the beginning of this month there there was an uproar of people who were you know we're going to boycott Reverb I'm never going to sell there again and it's like go try selling on Amazon it, you know Reverb's five percent Amazon at the end of the day is about twenty five percent yeah uh, yeah so anyway um hey so you asked about where I'm at now and and I'm yep. 
I'll put some shameless plugs in. Uh, a few years ago, I moved back to Port Townsend, Washington. I'm out on the tip of the peninsula, the, you know, the northeast tip of the peninsula. Uh, there's a record store that I purchased that I've been going to since I was a kid, Quimper Sound Records. It's been in Port Townsend since 1974. I moved it. When I bought it, there was a huge collection in storage, 65,000 records that were in storage at the old owner's house. And I I moved to a bigger location on Water Street, which is the main street on, here on the water, uh, and brought all those records in. Now the guitar store is evolving into this location here. Also upstairs, I have a, a vintage synthesizer museum that I am still in the process of moving in and opening. We're going through about 200 vintage keyboards and teching them and making videos of each one, which we're going to, we're going to launch the videos hopefully by the first quarter of next year. And then as people are able to start coming in and touch things again, have a place where you can come in and have an interactive hands-on chance to play things that maybe you'll never see anywhere else. Uh, bring your, mm-hmm. bring your laptop record. The local studios get to borrow stuff for free. Uh, so the local studios will have a, a huge vintage synth collection to to use, and and really trying to promote the arts here. This this weekend would have been the the Thing Festival. Oh uh, gosh, Gordon, that's right. Which was yeah, Sas- Sasquatch's replacement after after STG uh, lost Sasquatch, the location for Sasquatch. They you know, Adam Zax moved it out here to Fort Warden, yeah. and. It was a it was a phenomenal success last year. It was great. Uh, actually, had the cast of Napoleon Dynamite, Dynamite on and did a oh. reading, which was hilarious. Uh, you know, Uncle Rico was out playing Uncle Rico, nice. and um, yeah. So this this little community here has started to become. It has been a music community and it has been growing, and and I wanted to have something out here that was going to give a real unique experience for people who made it this far out. We're still working on that. That's our post-COVID thought. We're mm-hmm. going to come back, and we're going to have a place for people to come into. The record store is is incredible. I only sell LPs here. I don't sell CDs. I, I, you know, I have quite a few new releases. I have a lot of obscure releases, and you know, tens of thousands of used records. It's it's a vinyl junkies kind of place. You you it's a good place to walk through and bin search and pick and and uh, you know we're doing record store day next weekend for nice. one of the rescheduled record store days. I I still have no idea how that really works with the three different record store days this year, but uh, like everything, we're all learning. And as always, we're online. Still, the SeattleGuitarStore.com website is up, or you can go to QuimperSound.com and link in all the inventories there. We're shipping daily. Uh, I've got a, a fantastic tech, and Jordan Wagner is working out of here, who does you know, from vintage keyboards to amplifiers to guitars. And he's the the cool thing about Jordan uh, is that he is he's a fan of the instruments he's working on it. Like, like you get something back from him, you're going to get an earful about how cool it was and who used it and, and what neat things happened with it. Uh, that's exciting. And, uh, yeah, get back into having kids programs. Centrum, which is a, an arts foundation out here has, has a lot of educational programs and music camps during the summer. 
we want to really evolve into having that be something that we're sponsoring more and more of. So that's what I'm doing. I'm still working towards the future and working towards this being a blip of a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With everything you've got going on, I think it's, uh, more than fair for me to assess that the the U.S. government greatly benefits from having you around uh, in, in our communities. Our communities benefit from that, and I really think that – I've really got my fingers crossed, hope to die, that we see some major changes happening in government that make things more hospitable for uh, for everything you've got going on because – good gravy you're like that and that's all i've got work i'm like dude you've got a lot going on and so much of that is it sounds like is geared towards the betterment of the community i think that's that's rad on so many levels totally we have to everyone has to work local you know if if that's um as small as just being nice to somebody you don't know uh not immediately disagreeing with everyone hearing other people's sides. I, I've really, I've really tried to understand other people's sides of things. I have my own opinions and I'm, I'm highly opinionated and uh, yet I still have to try to have empathy and figure out what, what other people, why other people believe what they believe mm-hmm. and, and understand where I'm wrong in that. And, and if I am, yeah, maybe I can evolve, uh, and one of the hardest things I see is the lack of forgiveness that we have in this world right now. And we're going to have to have a lot of that to get through everything that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's hard because that, that means that maybe someone who's offended me, I, I, I might not have to keep on being offended by them. And that's scary. <laughs> that's a change, right? Yeah, it is. That That's a, that's a really tough thing. I, you know, uh, for everyone, everyone I've ever met, that seems like a tough thing for them. And, and uh, so, yeah, I do. I, I try to focus on the community. I can't change the big world a whole. I do bitch about it a lot. I rant a lot. Uh, I'm a true Gen Xer, and that's what we do. We, we rant and duck. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, you know, I, I'm happy to have been on, on the, the get offset. I, I don't think we even talked about an offset guitar really once. Yeah. Um, we're not really a podcast about offset guitars. It's a more of a pun. Yeah. More of a pun. Yeah. We're interested in reference. A, we're interested in offsetting the, the culture of the gear world for the better. And I think yeah. I, I think what you're doing 100% falls in line with that vision. And mm-hmm. we appreciate you for it. Yeah. Well, let, let me, let me, uh, let me, it sounds like we're, we're getting to the point of leaving. Let me, let me leave you with, with, with the, the, the great insider joke that, that everybody I know has been sharing lately. Is, you know, well, cool. I can't wait to see you at NAM this year. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, likewise, our, uh, our digital, digital NAM and a digital urn. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So everyone listening, uh, thanks for listening thanks for understanding thank you james uh if you enjoyed the podcast please consider subscribing uh leaving a review on itunes we have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop we have a patreon page at getoffsetpodcast uh well patreon.com slash getoffset and uh check out the check out the youtube channel as well 
And if you're in the market for buying a, a guitar or a pedal, uh, go hit up the guitar store's online shop and consider buying from them this week. And ex- exercising patience if it doesn't get to you in three days. <laughs> and 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 you might be able to use my name in the number 15 at checkout for something. I don't know. Oh. Ooh, Ooh. nice. Nicely done. <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you, James. Thanks for everybody. Um, until next time, my name is Emily. My name is Andrew. Goodbye. One, Bye. Two.